First things first, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Coming up on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, looking at D-backs position players and and discussing which ones should be deemed untouchable and which ones would we not be too afraid to see get moved this offseason or next. So discussing all that on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Lockdown Diamondbacks about Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. Also, go follow us on YouTube, Locked On Diamondbacks on there as well. We are slowly climbing in the subscriber count, so please hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Diamondbacks YouTube. And also, I want to say thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. For my YouTube audience, I am sorry. The video, I'm guessing, is not going to look very high quality. It's going to be a little grainy because if you notice... The scenery behind me, the background, not the normal scenery, not my normal studio. I am back home in New Jersey doing this podcast for y'all. I am here for the Thanksgiving holiday back in Jersey. So when I go back to Arizona next week, we'll have the normal quality, normal standard definition that we have on the YouTube video. So I apologize for our YouTube audience. Maybe I got to hook my mom up with a better Wi-Fi for Christmas, but we'll see once we get around then around that holiday. But for now, let's just celebrate Thanksgiving and take each holiday one step at a time. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. But I know I talked about how this was going to be like a free agent Friday, and this is still like along the same vein as a free agent Friday. I want to look at the D-backs position players and discuss which D-backs players are untouchable and which ones aren't, which of the players are really true foundational pieces, and which players would I not be too upset if the D-backs want to move them this offseason or next. So let's jump right into it, and let's start With a little Carson Kelly action, because I think he's a really fun guy to discuss. And for Carson Kelly, I don't think he's untouchable. I would not be surprised if the D-backs moved him in some sort of deal. He's definitely been a disappointment, you know, when you look at his season since 2019, specifically just this past year, 2022. Big disappointment for the D-backs. And From the rumors this offseason, it doesn't seem like the D-backs are too afraid to look for an upgrade this offseason. Now, I don't want to move him for nothing. His value is super low coming off of last season. So even though I don't think he's untouchable, I wouldn't necessarily just move him this offseason just to move him because you're going to be selling him at his lowest value. (coughs) Excuse me. just had an empanada, so I think a little bit got caught in my throat. 
And for Carson Kelly, like we have to recalibrate our expectations for him. We can't keep holding on to that 2019 season where he really flashed a lot of potential because it, what we're entering 2023 now like that's four years ago that's a whole college career ago so we have to start recalibrating our expectations for Carson Kelly in his career only 252 career Babbitt batting average of balls at play so usually when Carson Kelly puts the ball in play it's not like great things happen typically you look at his hard contact stats since 2019 those are pretty modest like there's nothing really impressive about them I think the funny thing is when I look at Carson Kelly's last four years we know this past season 2022 really not very productive in 2020 of course there's COVID shortened season not productive either but 2021 if you actually look at his numbers and you kind of prorate it out to like the course of a full season if Carson Kelly didn't get hurt in 2021 he might have finished with the same or better numbers than he had in 2019 which I think is kind of funny so that 2021 Carson Kelly I do think like that could be the Carson Kelly we get every single season like a 245 guy around a 740 750 OPS 15 to 18 home runs, 65 RBIs. Like, I think there's still a world where Carson Kelly is a valuable contributor behind the plate. I think the pitching staff definitely performs better with Carson Kelly. I think Carson Kelly still has some over-the-fence power. I think he's still a solid offensive talent. But if we ever thought Carson Kelly was going to be like a, you know, baby Buster Posey or the next Yadier Molina, a, a very good offensive catcher that could be a cog in your lineup, I think we have to recalibrate those expectations. But do I still think he could be above-average offensive catcher in Major League Baseball and still be a guy that hits sixth or seventh in your lineup and provides some real pop for you, I do think that's possible. So right now for the D-backs, I don't think upgrading your catcher is the biggest need that you have on this roster. So I fully expect Carson Kelly back in the lineup in 2023. Next guy I want to discuss is Christian Walker. And this guy is also not untouchable. He's in the same class as a Carson Kelly, not untouchable. But for Car for Christian Walker... He's a player that other teams would, of course, want because of the cost. You look at his production, gold glove winner, near 40 home run guy. But he's one of those guys where I just think he's too good. And if the D-backs try to move him, I don't see how the D-backs get back a solid return for Christian Walker. Like if the D-backs traded Christian Walker, like you know that deal is going to be for some 25-year-old uh, reliever who's never made it past single A. or And it's going to be for some... 15 year old Cuban who just signed that's 10 years away from making his debut like if you trade a Christian Walker I can almost guarantee you you're not getting back a return that's going to even come close to the value of a Walker he's not a star so it's not like the D-backs are going to get back any blue chippers their Christian Walker deal maybe they could get back a couple of relievers one that could turn into a high leverage closer the D-backs could do that I would maybe think about it but I would need like a Johan Duran back in the deal someone that's young and can throw hard can throw gas and has real upside to be one of the better closers in baseball but outside of that I just think Christian Walker's too good he's kind of the perfect complementary piece every playoff team needs and I would much rather have him in Sedona Red than the D-back trying to trade him and basically selling low for him because even though he's coming off this career season I don't think there's a world where you get back a great return for Christian Walker so because of that even though he's not untouchable he's basically untouchable because he's too good and you won't get back a solid return for Christian Walker and then the last guy that I want to talk about in segment number one is a Ketel Marte and for Ketel Marte I do believe He's untouchable because he's coming off an extremely down season, obviously. And 
Right now, talking about trading someone while their value is low, if you trade Kenta Marte right now, I almost guarantee you it will be a fleece. And considering the all-star trades we've seen recently, the Nolan Arenados, the throw us in there, the Paul Goldschmidt's, the Mookie Betts of the world, the Teoscar Hernandez's, like so many deals where you trade away the all-star player, the other team gets fleeced. So I can only imagine trading an all-star level player coming off the worst season of his career. The kind of return the D-backs will get, it would probably be close to nothing. This is someone that we've seen be the best player in baseball at his position. He's on a team-friendly deal, just turned 29, so it's not like he's dramatically older than the rest of the roster. It's not like he's on an entirely different timeline than the rest of the roster. And he's just at his lowest value right now, so I wouldn't do it for the D-back. So because of all those reasons, I still believe in Ketel Marte. I still believe in the bounce-back potential. I still believe this guy is a true all-star level player, uh, borderline MVP candidate if he's right. He's been a pretty weird up-and-down career for Ketel Marte since that 2019 season where he finished fourth in MVP voting. Had that weird 2020 season where the power just went away, still hit for average. 2021. Only played like 90 games, but looked like a superstar in those 90 games. And then this past season, started the year really poorly, was able to get his numbers up by the All-Star break to like an 800 OPS, like a 260 average. Like You were like, okay, Aketa Marte continues on the pace he was on the last two months. He's going to finish the year with the same All-Star level numbers he always does. But then post-All-Star break, Aketa Marte cratered once again and looked like that first month of baseball Aketa Marte. So I'm hoping he bounced back next year. And I believe Ketel Marte will bounce back next year. And if you want to bet on Ketel Marte bouncing back in 2023, then you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the podcast. Had to get a quick cough out there. Loki dying over here. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten that empanada <clears throat> before coming on the podcast. But let's get into a few more players. I mean, this whole podcast is going to be themed around untouchable versus not untouchable. Maybe I should find a better word. Untouchable versus not untouchable. Trade versus not trade. Should have came up with a more creative title, but let's continue it. Let's talk about Josh Rojas because we just did the player review <clears throat> on a Josh Rojas on Wednesday's podcast. And for Rojas, I believe he's not untouchable. I could see him being moved. This is someone that improves year after year. Hard to find a player on the D-backs roster with more swag and confidence than Josh Rojas. But where he currently stands with how I personally project Rojas for the rest of his major league career, 
He's a complimentary piece like a Christian Walker, but I don't think he's as valuable as a complimentary piece as a Christian Walker. So I think that's why I would be a little bit more inclined to trade a Josh Rojas. Now, I'm not saying I would do it for like that 17-year-old Cuban in single A that's still 10 years away. Like, I'm not doing that for a Josh Rojas, but if I could get a decent prospect who's in his early 20s that projects to be a good reliever, like, again, I would think about that deal for a Josh Rojas. I think it's more than likely Josh Rojas stays with the D-backs past this season because he's like the ultimate insurance with how versatile he is defensively. Now he's added elite base running to his repertoire. Like, I never thought Josh Rojas was going to be a 20-plus stolen base guy. Like, even if you look at his stat cast sprint speed, like, he's somewhere, like, in the 30s or 40s. Like, even by sprint speed, he's not, like, one of the fastest players in baseball. Uh, so even... Seeing all that, I was a little bit surprised with how good he got at base running this season. Now, just like another skill he added to his tool belt. And I want to see how how many other tools he can add to his tool belt because I think he's a guy that's going to keep growing and improving in his game. Just became arbitration eligible. So he's super uh, he's super controlled in terms of cost. And I just want to see more improvements from Rojas for next year. I think I would be more inclined to move Rojas next offseason when he's going to be 29 turning 30. And if he could improve a little bit more, that would just raise his value and make him an even better trade candidate. And guess what? If he doesn't improve and just plateaus, I'm be like, all right, now we kind of know what Josh Rojas is, a solid complimentary piece. And then you know his value and you know we could get back for him. So either way, I think... um. Not in on trading Josh Rojas this offseason. I want to do one more wait and see year. And then if the D-backs want to trade him next offseason, I don't think I would be too upset with that. Um, Very good player. Solid major leaguer. Probably above average major leaguer, but not all-star. Probably doesn't have all-star potential in his future, but great base, right? great base runner. Great guy that could be a table setter for you. Numbers are really good when you bat a third or fifth in the lineup, so it could even be a little bit of an RBI producer for you. So I really like Josh Rojas, and I wouldn't want to move him this offseason, but I think it could be a conversation for next offseason. Next guy I want to talk about, Alec Thomas. This is someone that I think is not untouchable. Some people might think Alec Thomas is untouchable, but right now, if the D-back could move Alec Thomas for like a good starter, like a Pablo Lopez or like a Chris Bassett level starter, I, I would do that deal. I would not be upset if the D-backs want to trade Alec Thomas right now for a starting pitcher because Thomas, I think other teams would want him because at the very least, he's a high floor guy. With the defense he plays, he's arguably the best defensive center fielder in baseball right now. Look at sprint speed, one of the fastest players in baseball. Need him to get better at his base running because even though he's one of the fastest players in baseball, his base running wasn't that good. I think he had four stolen bases and got caught like two or three times. Like those margins definitely need to uh, spread apart from each other. But his speed and defense will keep him in the majors for at least like eight to 10 years. Like he will at the very least be like a Jackie Bradley S player. And Jackie Bradley has been around the game for a long time. And if his back comes around, like people believe that could happen, then trading him now could be selling him low on his potential. Like if his back comes around, like Al Thomas is a borderline all-star. But if his bat doesn't come around, then you could actually be selling Thomas kind of high right now. It could actually maybe be a good time to trade Alec Thomas because he's still considered a high potential player right now. He's still more of a theoretical player right now. So it, it could be both bittersweet trading him now or not trading him now. Because if you trade him now, it could be at the perfect time for his value. 
But if you trade him now, you can also maybe be selling low on his value. So I really want to see what kind of player Alec Thomas is. So if the D-backs want to do the wait and see approach with Alec Thomas, I would not be too upset at him. But we know the D-backs have a log jam in the outfield. So eventually they're going to have to move uh, outfielder. And right now, unfortunately, of the Thomases, Varshows, McCarthy's, and Carroll's, I think Thomas is the lowest on my power ranking of those four outfielders. So we know the D-backs have to eventually trade an outfielder. The question is when and who. And then the last player I want to discuss in segment number two is a little Dalton Varsho. And for Dalton Varsho, I definitely consider Dalton Varsho an untouchable player. I do not want to see Dalton Varsho move. And I feel like a lot of D-backs fans will agree with me on this one. This is still someone who is just scratching the surface when it comes to his potential. Because you think about the season he had last year, just looking at some of the raw traditional stats, the stats people don't like to talk about anymore. Home runs, 27, a near 30 home run guy. 16 stolen bases, 70 plus runs in RBIs. Like He gives you solid production and there's still so much he needs to work on in his game. He needs to raise that average. He needs to raise that OPS. He's got pretty average hard contact stats for someone that hit 27 bombs. Needs to improve that walk rate. Terrible against, like absolutely atrocious against lefty pitchers. And even with all those improvements, he still put up a pretty solid stat line in terms of raw production so the talent is definitely there for adult and varsho he's someone that should have won a gold glove award this past season go to fan graphs and go sort outfielder stats dalton varsho is like at the top of every leaderboard he was like by far and away the best right fielder in baseball and he did that in like half the innings of a mookie Betts who won the gold glove award dalton varsho it's also someone that is 26 years old and entering arbitration. This is someone that is still super young and still pretty well and still pretty raw. If the D-backs ever decided to trade Carson Kelly and wanted to lean more into offense, then you could play Dalton Varsho at catcher more and get really nasty with the offense and then have your Jake McCarthy, Alec Thomas, and Corbin Carroll in the outfield. And now your lineup is looking even more stacked and you probably have a better defense potentially as well. Um, maybe, maybe not. So for Dalton Varsho, can't move him. I mean, this is still someone that has like 30, 25 potential. Still someone that has platinum gold glove potential just platinum glove i don't even know what they really call it so for dalton varsho he's definitely someone that's on my untouchable trade list Let's round out the rest of my list of position players who should be traded or not traded. And the next guy I want to discuss is a Jake McCarthy, who I have as not untouchable. Kind of have the same feelings about McCarthy that I have with Alec Thomas, but I currently like Alec Thomas, or excuse me, but I currently like a Jake McCarthy a little bit more than Alec Thomas. Thomas is fourth in my power rankings. I got Jake McCarthy third because for McCarthy... I just would rather do the wait and see approach with McCarthy than trading him right now because theoretically you could be trading Jake McCarthy at his highest value right now while you'd be trading 
Alec Thomas more than likely at his lowest value. But for Jake McCarthy, I want to know if this 2022 season was real or not. Because if he could repeat this production from this past year, that's a borderline all-star player. He has to improve his defense, but offensively, he showed a ton this past season. I need to know if the guy that Jake McCarthy showed us this past year was real or not. Is Jake McCarthy just a mirage in the desert or is this the real deal? I would be okay if the D-back traded Alec Thomas right now, but I would be a little bummed if they decided to move a McCarthy because you just look at some of his stats. I'm just going to, I just cherry picked a few stats that just illustrate how nasty Jake McCarthy was this past season. His batting average on balls in play, 349. I mentioned earlier how Carson Kelly's a 250 batting average in balls in play. Jake McCarthy's 349. Basically 100 points better than a Carson Kelly when he puts the ball in play. You look at his splits against righties and lefty. Equal against both righties and lefties pitchers. For Dalton Varsho, he's like an 800 OPS guy against righties and then like a 550 OPS guy against lefties. For Jake McCarthy, it's literally like damn near straight down the middle against both of those pitchers. And then you guys know I love my stats with runners in scoring position. Jake McCarthy, I've told this stat a lot, but I have to keep saying it until someone hears me because I don't think this is really singing in for people. Where runners in scoring position in 2022, Jake McCarthy had a 403 average and a 986 OPS. This guy was supremely clutch, and you watch it. Just go back and watch the highlights of Jake McCarthy. Like, there were so many games where Jake McCarthy came up to the plate, and you're like, okay, man, on second, like, I don't even have to watch a step bat because I know Jake McCarthy is going to bring that guy home. So, I need to know if 2022 was real or not for Jake McCarthy because he showed so much offensive talent and maybe we shouldn't be surprised because this is someone that was like a first round pick a few years ago for the D-back so maybe we shouldn't be entirely surprised by this talent but for Jake McCarthy I had no expectations for him entering 2022 and now entering 2023 I'm like could this guy potentially make an all-star team so I don't want to see Jake McCarthy move this offseason despite me saying he's not an untouchable player Pretty much anyone could be moved for the right price, but I think it would be the wrong move to trade Jake McCarthy right now. And then the next guy I want to discuss, Corbin Carroll. Obviously, Corbin Carroll is untouchable. We have to see it all the way through with Corbin Carroll, my boy. The only world where I'm moving Corbin Carroll in, in a trade is if I'm getting someone back like a Shohei Otani. If I'm not getting Otani or some guaranteed top three MVP, excuse me, some guaranteed top three MVP candidate back. Like, I don't even want to hear the terms of the trade. I don't want to hear no speculation. I don't want to hear no rumors. No deal should be out there for Corbin Carroll currently unless it involves bringing Otani back because Carroll, in the very small sample size he had in 2022, flashed all the tools that were promised when he was coming up. One thing that is on his baseball reference that I don't believe is his listed height. He's listed at 5'10 on baseball reference. Guys, I went to a few Corbin Carroll games this past year for the D-backs. He looks like he's Jose Altuve size. He looks like he's 5'7", 5'8", maybe 5'8 Like, There's no way Corbin Carroll is like an inch shorter than me at 5'11", unless baseball players are secretly all 6'5 and above. Corbin Carroll looks super tiny, so no way he's listed at 5'10". I don't believe that. But for Corbin Carroll, the reason why the D-backs can't trade him is because I don't want the D-backs to be on the wrong side of one of those articles in five years that is titled Worst Trades Teams Have Made because they're already on that list for deals like 
trading away the Dansby Swanson when they drafted him number one overall for Shelby Miller. You could even throw the Paul Goldschmidt trade in there. Like the D-backs have been on the list already for some terrible trades in the last decade or so. And so for Corbin Carroll, trading him now or next season before you even realize what kind of player he is, I just think would be just misguided by this franchise. And it would make me really question the direction and the front office and like the vision that this team has. So for Carroll, who came up through the system and is considered like a Hall of Fame prospect, like I really want to see if he could hit that potential in ceiling. And I'm down to give him multiple years to prove himself because I need to know whether Carroll is as good as everyone said or if he's just a quality major leaguer. But I can't trade Corbin Carroll until I get that answer. Now, let's just run through some more quick hitters before we wrap up today's podcast. Geraldo Perdomo. Not untouchable. I don't think there's probably a deal out there that would help the D-backs. If the D-backs want to trade uh, Perdomo to some team that just needed some shortstop help, I wouldn't be too upset with that. I think you could find a Perdomo-level player in free agency on the trade market pretty easily, so I wouldn't be upset if the D-backs traded him. Emmanuel Rivera, not a big Rivera guy. Got him back in that Luke Weaver trade. I'd much rather just see more of Rojas at third base than anything. I don't really think Rivera is going to be like that great of a player. I think by the end of the season, we're going to be like, man, Rivera just taking opportunities away from other guys in the lineup, um, especially the days where Rivera might DH. You'd be like, man, I just wish it was a Jake McCarthy or a Keto Morte at DH instead of a Rivera. So Rivera, not untouchable, and I wouldn't be upset if the D-backs traded him. Paven Smith, friend of the pod, love you, Paven. Need to get you back on the pod soon, but unfortunately, you're not untouchable. Rumors that the D-backs might trade him, but his value super low right now. First round pick and just doesn't have enough tools to really be like an everyday above average major leaguer like he can hit for solid contact but absolutely no power doesn't draw enough walks defensive liability like Paven Smith I I don't even think you could probably trade him to a team if you could it's just because he was a former first round pick so someone might buy that pedigree but outside that I don't see why a team would want to trade for a Paven Smith then this last guy Seth Beer not untouchable. Some people still think Seth Beer is untouchable. Seth Beer, after seeing him this past year, I, I think I'm kind of out on Seth Beer. He was my potential breakout player for the D-backs this past season, and I looked like I was going to be right the first three weeks of the year, and then he just absolutely cratered and had like one hit over his next like 20 games, something crazy like that. So Seth Beer, I think I'm out on Seth Beer as being a real offensive contributor, and if the D-backs wanted to trade him, I don't think that would be a bad move for the franchise. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back next week for more Dimebacks news covered and insight. Hope everyone enjoyed the holiday season. I hope everyone's bellies are full from Thanksgiving. Come back next week. As I already said, go catch up on any podcast you might have missed this past week. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make the Locked on Sports Today podcast your second listen. Go beyond the scenes and be go beyond the scenes and behind the scoreboard or go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the lockdown sports today podcast local insights from our local experts available wherever you get your podcasts youtube wherever you're listening to this podcast to so go stream the lockdown sports today podcast right now thank you for making lockdown dimebacks your first listen every day and as always stay safe stay healthy deuces